Lockdown Diaries with Jack Kirby Lowe, episode 6. Good morning. Hello. It's the 30th of March. It's a Monday. I don't have um, too many updates for you today. Um, yesterday was a fairly quiet one. Um, just, I don't know. Uh, just did a bit of reading, a uh, bit of video game, a bit of pootling about, generally speaking. Um, I think we were, the only main thing I was doing uh, was working on uh, a lesson for my niece. Uh, so she lives in Scarborough with my sister, uh, and they've both moved into uh, my mum's house for the time being, and that she's obviously uh, been homeschooled, as so many kids are. She is going into school uh, every now and again, as my sister um, works in a school. She works with uh, difficult children um, and helps them and uh, in a sort of support role there, which is very challenging, very interesting, and is classed as a key worker, but they're on a uh, they're on a sort of a rotational schedule at the moment. So sometimes she's working at home, sometimes she's at home and not working, and sometimes she's going in and uh, and so on. Um, so yeah, and Lacey can go in when she does as well. Although uh, I do believe my uh, uh, my mum's helping as well, so maybe it's not as essential that she goes in as it was prior to that arrangement. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, my niece asked me if I could um, do a lesson for her over Skype or something like that. Uh, so I'm going, and she asked me, I don't know if it's on the curriculum or if it's just what she's interested in, uh, but she asked me to prepare something on the Atlantic Ocean. So I spent some time doing that yesterday. So just some key facts and things. I focused mostly on what kind of creatures live in the, in the Atlantic. Uh, just some of the interesting ones. So I've talked about giant squid and uh, humpback whales and tuna, uh, seal, sea lions, things like that. Fairly family friendly. Although I don't really know what, you know, I, it's a long time since I was seven and in school. I'm not a teacher. <coughs> so I don't really know how, um, uh, what level of information to sort of provide and what's engaging and how fun slash informative you have to make it or how to combine the two so I'm just don't know winging it really um I've I'm starting to move on a bit to something I know a little bit more about in general which is um uh plate tectonics can you teach seven-year-olds about plate tectonics I don't know she likes volcanoes though um and with the Atlantic you've got the plates drifting apart from each other in the middle with um volcanic islands popping up in the um in the ocean which is quite an exciting thing so like iceland and Surtsey and things like that so i thought i'd try and try and explain that but uh, you know explaining it in a easily understood way isn't obvious to me um so i'm doing my best i sort of started with what the uh what the earth's core and crust and all that is like it's sort of a bit like an egg so if you imagine a boiled hard boiled egg with a the shell smashed up then uh, that's sort of like what the plates are and then you've got the the white of the egg would be the mantle and then the yolk of the egg would be the core so you can sort of think about that but then obviously the shell pieces wouldn't move around on the egg so yeah it'll be an experiment in seeing how how well I can explain a complex concept and 
uh, how good my metaphors are and how how she can visualize them so we'll see about that um i mean it may work it may not and if not we can just focus on the animals which are a bit more easy to describe uh, i'm not trying to do down my you know the capacity of a seven-year-old or anything i just genuinely don't know what it is and yeah we'll see i'm sure she'll get it at least in um general terms and i'm not going into super specifics or anything i have an as level in geology so i'm not saying my knowledge is uh you know particularly uh amazing or anything so yeah i was working on that yesterday really so as i say there's not not a great deal more else to talk about so i thought i would just um in general talk about the book i'm reading at the moment which i have on loan from bromley library which has closed its doors and waived its uh, late fees for the time being so i guess i've got it for as long as i need it um i've been really trying to to get back into good reading habits i think just over the last several months my i've become very reliant on my smartphone and very i don't know very addicted to it which i i bothers me personally i don't know you know if you're on your phone all day that's no skin off my nose at all but me personally i wish i was a bit less a bit less reliant on i used to be quite disciplined with reading and get through books quite quickly but i don't know it's the same with anything it ebbs and flows a bit like the running as well um and at the moment i i, I just seem to have a million and one other things that i can do before i sit down with the book attention span has been blasted anyway the book itself is the supernova era by uh season lu chinese writer it's been translated by joel martinson um i was double checking this actually when i started reading it so i read as i mentioned the other day i read a a review of it or a small review in in uh in the guardian uh and it sounded appealing um so it's only just come out in english translation in 2019 but apparently was first published in Chinese in 2004, which I'm not sure what tipped me off, but there was something that didn't feel as current as I thought the book uh, was. So um, I assume it's been translated now. Uh, I guess they've gone back and found his other books. Um, is because he's quite popular. So he's most well known for The Three-Body Problem and The Dark Forest, I think, uh, which seem very popular books at the moment judging by, I don't know, um, them on being on shelves and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I, I'm assuming they've gone back and found these other books to, to put into a new English reading market. So um, I am, I'm on page 116 of 300 and summit, about 345, 348. Um, so I've, uh, you know, uh, it's so it feels like a quite a good point at which to start describing because uh, I've sort of read the first act and I can't really spoil anything because I ain't read it yet. So the premise is that in a um, relatively local solar system, uh, a star explodes, a supernova, if you will, uh, and the radiation and the light and all that from from the explosion reaches earth uh it is a bit wild it turns night into day for a, a little while it's quite beautiful but people kind of forget about it after a, after a, 
a little while. Um, but it becomes apparent that everybody over the age of 13, uh, their chromosomes have been damaged by this radiation and energy. And um, yeah, anyone younger than that, the, the chromosomes will repair themselves or whatever. Uh, but basically, in 10 months' time, all the adults in the world will die or will be dead um, by that point. And as such, they, they're lucky that they've recognised this. And they've got to make sure that children um, who will inherit the Earth are able to run it. So the book, um, it, it, it takes a global and local sort of point of view so um we're following some gifted children that have been identified to take on leadership positions but we're also getting the sort of the the broad scale stuff that's happening on a planetary level which is the kind of thing i like i i, I don't know i kind of like the big picture sort of books and things and and reading about you know how the world would would deal with this kind of a problem and what would go on um so the response is that I've read through. So um, essentially a whole bunch of um, the older end, 12 and 13 year olds basically, um, are a bunch of gifted children have been identified and uh, they set up sort of a, I don't know, like a little war games type thing, um, pretend world building thing. So that they have a valley, they give it, um, a whole sort of split the children into 40 different groups or so um give them some resources although not evenly distributed um uh, and each one has their own sort of plot and they to all intents and purposes uh, treat it as their own country and they observe them and what they do um they give them weapons um non-lethal but certainly painful uh guns and yeah, it's it's they they observe to see how the children respond to this, and some of them quit. Some uh, some of the nations start invading and attacking each other, um, and yeah, it's it's sort of a, a nice little microcosm, I suppose, of um, of the story. And um, from this, they identify some particularly well adapted or well adjusted young children that can take on the leadership roles. They obviously don't well, they don't have an election or anything. They're just Make use this to make a decision who might be best to lead the country and put them in those positions and and yeah we sort of see the adults preparing for their children to take over basically all the um um all the children are more or less trained to do whatever their uh mother or father is is doing whether that's running a, a power plant or driving a bus or being a doctor or being a, a nurse um yeah and it's all it's yeah it's it's good as i say i've only read the sort of opening gambit i've literally got to the point at which they uh have established that all the adults have died and the children are really left alone uh and uh I don't, it's like it's, it's um i mean obviously you have to get over the the initial conceit like i don't know if a supernova would do that i imagine just everyone would die if we were caught in the radiation blast or whatever who knows but um you know it's that you know it's a it's a novel it's not a not a phd so yeah the initial conceit fine i'm on board with it. and beyond that it's sort of as far as i can tell being fairly realist in its protect uh uh portrayal of what's happening however 
um, yeah, at, at the moment that everyone's died, with the the children who are in charge in Beijing are are receiving phone calls from hundreds and thousands of kids all over the country saying, "I, I can't get in the kitchen. Oh, I'm cold or scared." I, I don't know how everyone has a hotline to the um, the president uh, essentially. So. Um, I mean, it's quite dramatic, obviously, and interesting, but I, I don't know how real that, that slightly broke. I sort of, when that started happening, I said, okay, I'm going to, um, well, it, it was late, so I stopped reading anyway, but that just felt like a natural break point. Um, but yeah, I, I am enjoying the book. It is interesting. Um, uh, I'm not sure how much uh, fiction I've read in translation. Very little, if any, um, and certainly not recently. Um, I did English as a English as a um, uh, degree in uni, so I did a lot of reading, but it was English literature broadly, so um, not very much in translation there. Uh, probably for some bits and pieces, but anyway, um, I do think there are some. It's either a little bit clunkily translated at points, or the sort of the culture gap is a little bit um, apparent, like some. Um, to me anyway, that's my initial response. I think some of the um, things that adults are saying to kids, uh, it's either a bit poorly translated and a little bit blunted on the nose, or it's just uh, a bit, I don't know, just a bit blunt anyway. I can't imagine in a Western uh, version of the novel that leaders are quite speaking that way. There's only a couple of instances. I, I don't want to make this out into anything bigger than it is, but it's enough to sort of notice that but you know it's quite interesting in a way uh, in and of itself uh, sort of noticing those um differences and things that stand out in terms of uh, the genre i mean it's sort of a sci-fi conceit but it's it's not really a sort of a sci-fi book i guess it's more of a sociological study i guess um uh sort of like a global lot of the flies maybe i'm not sure well we'll i'll update when I finish it, which will probably be in about 18 years, um, given my current attention span. Um, so yeah, it will, uh, we'll see where it goes. Um, I, I, I mean, it sounds very Lord of the Fliesy at the moment, but um, I'm, I'm hoping it isn't any, uh, you know, I'm hoping it's quite different from that in its own ways. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do, I do enjoy sort of these, um, uh, I don't know, global change and it just feels very relevant right now, obviously. I mean, nothing quite as dramatic as as that, but obviously when coronavirus first started being a, a concern on people's agenda, um, you know, the big line was that it was mostly something that affects older people. Um, and obviously, you know, lately we're, we're aware that, you know, anyone of any age can, can be killed by this virus. Um, so it feels as pertinent there, but, um, it is quite interesting to read sort of a novel about older, the older generation uh, being wiped out and making way for the young here. So it does feel kind of pertinent and obviously it's a global crisis as we are living through. So there is that as well. But yeah, I do quite like these sort of uh, sort of apocalyptic fiction in, in a way. Um, so I guess a similar book that I, or similar issue in, in terms of its conceit book that I read a, a couple of years ago now, um, which I really enjoyed, was Neil Stevenson's Seven Eves, um, which is a fantastic um, sci-fi epic, um, I guess. Uh, in that one, uh, the moon explodes. There is no reason given for it. 
people speculate, but no one knows why. But the moon explodes, uh, and eventually, um, all the they work out that uh, all the little particles will smash into Earth and blot out the sun and destroy all life and things. So they have to get people into space to protect them. And again, it it, it focuses on how that decision is made. Or the it does get very it's quite a lot sort of in the middle section or second act there's a lot a lot a lot of stuff about um, orbital mechanics and things which is fine i mean i think stevenson has a bit of a reputation for going heavy in on the detail and stuff um but to be honest it broadly went over my head but you can kind of just skim through those bits really but you get you get the general gist of what's supposed to be happening so yeah uh it, sort of stuff like that and i also recently read again which feels so pertinent at the moment um uh, station 11 by emily st john mandel um which is a book about a global pandemic plague that wipes out the vast majority of people um and we sort of see what the survivors are doing and it flips back and forth between timelines to see what individuals were doing um in the immediate aftermath of the of the outbreak happening um and again that one's it's more that's less about sort of what the people in charge are planning to assuage the um the virus are doing it's less about that sort of thing and it's more about personal stories uh and it's very good there's there's quite a lot of strands to it and some i enjoyed more than others um we see sort of uh it's quite interesting it's sort of the role of um i'm going to get this wrong but there's a sort of a key quote from it sort of survival is inadequate or something so um we focus on in the um post apocalypse part on a traveling um a traveling band of i i, I am losing my words but uh, player actors they put on players a traveling theater company hello hello um yeah, so they they put on Shakespeare plays for um, for the sort of surviving people in in the United States or Canada, sort of, of that area of the world, um, and they travel around. And the sort of pre-apocalypse stuff is uh, a lot of it's uh, told through the eyes of uh, or from the perspective or people connected to um, a Hollywood actor. Um, and sort of his life story and things that weave in and out and are linked and not linked and yeah i'm really not describing that very well um <laughs> sorry but it's a good read um and it again it's more from the personal perspective and the the whole i think i've misquoted it slightly but the survival is inadequate it's not just about surviving it's about making sure that there is something worth surviving for in a sense um, and in that case if that's theater and the arts generally um and the connections we have with people yeah good read anyway i kind of like that kind of genre and as i say um it feels a bit pertinent now i think emily st john mandel herself um in response to a recent recommendation to read a book actually on on the twitter said um maybe don't read it just this moment um but yeah it's weird i think i've seen a lot of people are watching like contagion and outbreak and films like that so some people's way of dealing with with the the current climate is is to sort of um go into that fictional world that have explored it and i, I and some people are like you're mad how could you be reading and watching that kind of thing at this time but i get it i mean i've not i'm not averse to it i haven't done it but um 
I can get it. Like in in most films and stories, yes, terrible things happen, but we sort of there's a conclusion and people get through it in one way or another. And you know, by and large, most films seem to have happy endings. So I can get that people might want to have some assurances of how people dealt with this because I mean, let's face it, there isn't really a whole lot from uh, you know reality, certainly not recent reality. Um, that we can draw on, so fiction, I guess, is a is a place that we can that we can take some sort of um, solace or or information from. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I, if I was uh, writing and scripting this, I could probably have made that sound a bit more coherent. Um, but I think you get what I'm getting at. Anyway, I will let you know how I get on with the book. Um, and yeah. Uh, so hopefully um, the plan tomorrow is all being well, I, I'll move back to my house um, to be with my wife and mother-in-law and we will be locked down, the three of us together. So um, yeah, I'm, I, I mean, the only, I've been uh, yeah, working from home for two weeks now. Um, so well, as of tomorrow, it'll be two weeks. I've been symptomless. I've coughed a little bit, but certainly not persistently. Um, I don't have a temperature. Uh, my temperature is a bit low, if anything. Maybe these are uh, all symptoms of something far worse than coronavirus. Who knows? Um, yeah, I managed to give myself food poisoning um, last week, um, which I thought might have been the end for me, but it turned out to be food poisoning. So um, self-inflicted. But yeah, I got over that very quickly. Um, so yeah, I uh, yeah, all being well, I will go back tomorrow, um, and. Yeah, well, I'll update as as we go, as how that goes. So thank you for listening, and I will speak to you again soon. Ta-ta!